at it with dating and men today? You're at the right place. Welcome to the Freedom Reigns Podcast with Victoria Baxter, a.k.a. Coach V, the new love strategist. It's time. Time to renew your mind. Time to renew your heart. Time for you to win at love. Your ways haven't been working, sis. Why? We do things differently when it comes to the kingdom. It's why we're instructed to not conform to the patterns of the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. How else will you win? Coach V is here to help single women renew their hearts, to positively position themselves with the intentional dating skills that are necessary to win at kingdom love. You know, the one that encompasses God's love, self-love, and real love. Tune in to the latest Freedom Reigns episode, where it's about experiencing freedom based on His Spirit at work within you. child when I need him to do the teach me opening because that is what we are still doing right now. We are in this teach me series. The last episode was teach me how to date. I gave seven different tips to really help Christian women, especially black Christian women when it comes to transforming their dating lives. Because a lot of women have said to me like, Hey, like you're a dating coach. I'm struggling with dating. I don't know how to date, you know, whether they've been rusty, they've been out the game for a while. They were waiting on God. They were healing, whatever the case might be. So I really took the time to give things. And apparently you ladies are loving that podcast and still listening to it, still downloading it, streaming it. And that makes my heart happy because that means you want to learn. And what I did was in that podcast, I explained that this might be a series. It might not be, I don't know, but we're here with another series to this because one thing I always tell ladies is to get out of their own way. They want love. They want a good date. They want to actually make it to a second date or three dates. They want a good man, a dating life, relationship, marriage, the whole nine. Yet what I see is that oftentimes they are the holdup. Now, stay with me. Because I do hate that singles today are often told that they're the problem, the issue, you know, they have all of these things that they're doing wrong. And I know that it's something that gets portrayed and put out there a lot. And I'll admit, I'm, I'm someone who previously was always letting ladies know like, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is why you're not blah, 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 blah. And even when I would have a lot of ladies who would learn, you know, about saved and single, my ministry, and they would learn that I'm a dating coach and a relationship coach, I always ended up getting asked, well, coach, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I get a man? Why am I still single? And it's like, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. However, there are some things that some of you need to unlearn and some things that you need to tend to. So I make it a mission to help ladies get out of their own way, right? I often post, you know, on social media, or I even say in videos, like get out of your own way. Or if you want a good man, you got to get out of your way and blah, 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 blah. It's always somebody, it's normally many people who will end up commenting, emailing, or even inboxing saying, okay, but what does that mean? How do I do that? Like, what do you mean when you say get out of my own? Like I'm trying everything. So how am I the holdup? So let's go ahead and clear all of this up. Several years ago, I even did a training video called 10 mistakes that Christian women are making in their singleness or 10 things that they're doing wrong. And that was around the time that I was releasing the No More Lonely Nights workshop. I don't even think that's still an option anymore. But 
that workshop, it was actually 10 things that you need to do. And that was a paid product. So just as a little freebie, what I did was 10 things that women are doing wrong. But I'm going to take some of that information, but just adding a little bit to it. And, you know, of course, it's several years later and I wanted to make this a podcast and let that be that. So this episode is teach me how to get out of my own way. Teach me how to get out of my way because I see it often in the convos, in posts, inbox messages, comments, all of these things. I see exactly how many of you are in your own way. Now, of course, my VIBs, those that work with me one-on-one, they get the good stuff. And it's because, you know, they invest. I'm going to be completely honest. They invest. They're willing to spend the money in order to work with me so that I can help them. But I want to give you some help because you're at least willing to invest time. And a lot of times I think we don't realize that time is just as important as money because time is money at the end of the day. And you have to be willing to invest something in order to get something. Like everybody is out here wanting to get something, but I'm like, okay, you want to return on an investment, but you didn't even invest anything. Like, what did you invest to get something good out of it? Like, I can go on and on about things that are being done wrong based on things that I see, you know, based on things that I hear, based on things that I just know, you know, being in this profession. But for now, again, let me tell you 10 mistakes, 10 things that I do see a lot of Christian women are doing wrong and mistakes that they are making in this season that yes, it is prolonging their singleness when they no longer want to be single. 10 things that need to change so that you can get out of your own way because I want to teach you how you're actually in your way and you can get out of your way so that you can win at love. And y'all know I'm all about kingdom love, right? God's love, self-love, real love. You already know. So let's get it starting from number 10 and we're going to work our way on down. All right. So number 10, you're in your way by desperately waiting, desperately waiting. My best-selling book, Debunking the Fairy Tale of Boaz. I released that back in 2018. I always say truth be told, I didn't know that that was going to get me to where I am now. It was after, you know, um, after leaving a job and I had already wrote my little pink book, you know, my devotional book. And then God was showing me to write Debunking the Fairy Tale of Boaz. Like we have this fairy tale that we have. And I hear ladies say, oh, I'm waiting on my Boaz and Boaz this and Boaz that. I'm like, do y'all really understand the depths? of that story like do you really understand the kind of woman ruth was do you understand the sacrifices do you really know the story the parts that are left out of the bible when it comes to ruth and boaz so the entire book it incorporates you know the story behind ruth and boaz while also helping single christian women in their season of preparation And in chapter three of that book is when I started talking about desperately waiting and I use it oftentimes even now. And what it means is that I realize a lot of times women will say that they're waiting on God, right? They're waiting on God for their good man or, you know, that God's going to have to tap them on the shoulder and say, you know, that God, you know, that he's the one who actually sent that man and, you know, they're single because God hasn't sent a good man yet. They say that, a lot of you say that, but then it's like, Every man that you come across, you're thinking and wondering if that man is your husband. Oh, because of the way that he looked at you or the way that he smiled at you or, you know, funny, I said I wanted a man that would do X, Y, Z. And then here he comes doing X, Y, Z. And well, you know, God has a funny way of doing things. So this might actually be him. I need you to stop that. That is desperately waiting. You're waiting on God, but it's still in a desperate manner. 
And then some will say, well, coach, well, I'm not desperate because I'm not settling. You know what? Neither was I. <laughs> Neither was I. I wasn't settling. I knew what I wanted at that time. So it's like every man that checked off things on my superficial list, those men were all possibilities. That is desperately waiting. I don't care what sign you take it as, but if you find yourself often wondering, I wonder if this could be the one. I wonder if this is the man I've been waiting on. It's just something about him. Something is different. They're all different. It's always a different man at the end of the day. But if the situation and the scenario was all the same, that means you're the common denominator and then you're desperately waiting. And I want you to stop doing that. Okay. I want you to wait on God for real. But as I always say, you can work while you wait. You can still put forth action in the meantime. So ensure that you're doing that. Number nine you're in your way by desperately dating, by desperately dating. So you get asked on a date and on the first date, you go into it wondering if he's the one, right? It's like, oh, I've met my match. And I think this is the man I'm going to be with. There was something about that date. Like you go into it like every single date, even a lot of you on phone conversations. <sighs> Some of the conversations that I've had with women when I used to do the bestie sessions and I stopped doing that because it was realizing like, yeah, I can give little, you know, 30 minute advice sessions and things like that. But it was realizing that ladies had like deeper issues or it was always the same thing that was coming up. And I was like, I can't help anyone in a 30 minute session. Like I just, I had to stop doing that. So now, you know, if a lady will end up hopping in my inbox to ask me a question or, Hey, I just wanted to ask you something about this, da 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 da, or what do you think about this guy and whatever else the case might be. But some of these conversations I end up having, and I'm just like, you do this all the time. Some of these conversations, I'm like, why are you this madly in love with someone? Why are you already so attached and wondering if this could be your, and like you haven't even gone on a date yet. This man is not even taking you on an actual date. You've had one conversation or one little outing, one little meetup in the park, one little night at his house or your house or whatever, and you're already thinking that this is your person and you're going out of your way to attach and to not miss out. A lot of you, you go on the first date and you're asking all of these questions about the future and marriage and making sure that you disclose your stance on sex, abstinence, whatever, because you want to make sure that you're not wasting time. That is already another mistake that I don't even have on the list, but I see too many people. It's like, well, I don't feel like wasting my time. What does that mean? Nobody can waste your time unless you allow them to. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that if you're wanting a love that is going to last, if you're serious about settling down and getting married, you need to see all of these efforts as an investment. Are you investing your time wisely at the end of the day? But don't go into dating with this long list of questions that you want to get out on the first date to not waste your time and to screen and whatever else. No, that's not working for many of you at the end of the day. And you need to, first of all, you want to get to know who a man is as a person before immediately trying to figure out if he is going to make a good partner. Listen, dating is supposed to be fun, casual, laid back. It is a vetting process and yes, you're screening, but it is not an interview. And I have had men who have told me that the reason they actually were turned off on the very first date or even phone conversation, and yes, some of them even admitted that the reason why they have ghosted women is because they were being interviewed. 
that women just came in guns blazing with all of these questions to ask them. But it's like the man couldn't even really find out anything about the woman because she had her long list of questions already. Don't do that. If you're constantly looking for someone that is going to check everything off, you know, of the list that you already have, that means that you already have the mentality of connect to later disconnect as soon as you're not happy. As long as he's checking these things off, we're good. How is that going to work for you in marriage? How does that bode in a marriage when it is supposed to be being with someone forever, right? Through the good times and the bad. But if you're already looking at dating as, okay, well, let me just make sure he checks everything off. Okay, boom, I'm able to date him. We can continue, da, 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 da. What happens when some of those check marks are gone and they're little red X's once you're already in a relationship or married? Because at the end of the day, you're supposed to be preparing for longevity with your life partner. So ensure that you're not desperately dating in this season of your life if you really want to get someplace, okay? I remember when I released even the getting it on the services, um, you know, it's like the services, there's a prod, your products and the ebook and coaching sessions, depending on which option you choose from the website. But it has all of this information to help modern Christian women date properly. That's what it all boils down to because I really want to help ladies when it comes to rebuilding a dating language. Number eight, you're in your way by being driven by your emotions. If you've caught videos and podcasts, you know I am always talking about emotional drivers. And it's literally when you're driven by your emotions and we have eight fundamental psycho-emotional drivers that help us as humans make decisions. And it's what drives us, literally. Like it, it determines why we do certain things, why we make certain decisions, what motivates us, you know, where our mind goes with things. And it's like I said, it's eight different ones. I don't feel like getting into all of them, but to name a few, uh, control and security is an emotional driver. Belonging and connection is an emotional driver. Achievement is a driver. Accomplishments is a driver. Significance is a driver. So think of what drives you and what your emotional driver might be. And then imagine you're out here dating and you're dating a guy, but you have unpacked baggage. And then you have all of these things. And especially when we have like abandonment issues and childhood trauma, those things shape the way that we do things. It affects our brain. And yes, even when it comes to dating and the things that we're actually longing for. So imagine being out there, you're trying to have a dating life or trying to form connections with a man, but you might have, again, things from your past, such as daddy issues or whatever else, you know, fear of abandonment, rejection, sensitivity, low self-esteem, all of those things, they are going to tie to whatever your driver is. And your primary driver does determine how you date. Women that have... Um, let's say control security as a driver, because that, that has been mine for the longest time. Those women are the ones that tend to push for a title. Like they just have to know, are they secure in that relationship? They want to know what's going on and where they stand. A lot of times they're anxious and they have an anxious attachment style. They are afraid of being abandoned and that leads into abandonment anxiety within a relationship. So that's already something to be mindful of. There are women who are driven by the excitement driver. They love, you know, new and shiny things. So they're the ones that tend to walk once the honeymoon phase is over because they're bored. Or of course, when reality sets in and it's time to actually put in the work to sustain a relationship, they're like, no, this it's not. This wasn't like this in the beginning. So many women don't even realize that that's their driver because it's like, you know, when you first meet someone, you know, when you have that sense of being 
in love. Our, our brains, we're releasing all of these chemicals and all of these hormones that have us on cloud nine, right? Like you cannot rationalize with someone who is in love, especially if they have an abandonment issues and especially if they have an anxious attachment style. So they're all giddy and gung-ho about the guy in the beginning. But again, once you realize, okay, this man is not perfect, and it's like now you don't have those butterflies fluttering around all the time, that is when a lot of women, they find reasons to walk away. <laughs> women who are driven by accomplishments and achievements, they're the ones who are a little bit braggadocious. They want to be acknowledged by their achievements. They want a man to like, you know, fawn all over them and just be madly infatuated and see how awesome they are. And those are the women who tend to audition, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but they end up doing the most and they try to hide behind all of the things that they have achieved. A man is not intimidated by an independent woman. He is not intimidated by a successful, well, don't even get me started on the independent women syndrome, but men are not intimidated by a successful woman, woman, but they don't want to be with someone who is always talking about their accomplishments and how great they are. And, you know, the businesses that they have and, you know, how they, they bought their own home and they're debt free and all of these different things, because a lot of times those things are really just, you're you're trying to mask some insecurities and you're trying to show how awesome you are and you really want this man to see how great you are so you're throwing all of those things out there i need you to know your driver and you have to determine where it comes from because emotional drivers can drive men away your emotional drivers can cause you to engage in self-sabotaging behaviors putting you further away from what it is you want all right all because of fear and at the end of the day, if you're not mindful, like fear will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, even when it comes to your desired dating and love life. Number seven, you're in your way by auditioning. I said I was going to talk about auditioning. So let me just say this at the root of it. Unconditional acceptance is what we all want. It is our most basic need as humans to be accepted. That is what our most basic need is, is to be accepted. Now, while that is overall for humans, men and women have different basic needs. A woman's most basic needs are love and attention. Everything that we do is for love and to get attention. That is our most basic need, whether you realize it or this is not just Coach V making this up, like this is known, this is proven, this is science at the end of the day. It's how we are wired. Now, the problem with that is that many women lack self-acceptance and if you haven't accepted yourself that means you don't think that a man is going to accept you either so that is when you start to quote unquote audition in order to get the role and the role being to be chosen by him to eventually become a wife now keep in mind that someone who is auditioning these women are the ones who have done the most. They've been out there dating and being unsuccessful. You know, they've had maybe bad relationships, a lot of the same patterns, a lot of the same men. So these women, you're tired and you're stressed from all the dating and also from pretending to be someone you're not. It's exhausting to be some, to try to pretend to be someone you're not. Or it's like even the things that you might really be that person, but sometimes those things get exaggerated greatly and you, a lot of times it's done because you want to hide the not so great parts about you. I've been there. I've done that. And so when you're auditioning again, now enter in bragging, 
about how great you are, how great of a cook you are. And even if you're abstinent, you're still talking about how you can't wait to bust it wide open for your husband on the wedding night. And you know, your sex is good and all this other different things. You might brag about the kind of mom you are. You might be someone who engages in people pleasing behavior all because of auditioning. All because like, I want someone to see how great I am. I have such a great heart. I'm such an amazing woman. I'm going to be an amazing wife. I'm going to be a great mother. I'm a great mother. Now I'm going to be a great mother to his children, our future children, the whole nine. Here's the problem with auditioning. Say you make the cut. Say you end up meeting a man who finally falls in love with who you portray to be. He takes the bait, proposes, commits. You know, you all get married if you get that far. But what you have to understand about intimacy which comes from the Latin intimatus, which means intimacy. There's no greater intimacy when you are now married and you are going to bed with the same person every single night. You can't hide your real self, but for so long. And the thing with auditioning and going through this process is that eventually the mask comes off. Eventually the mask comes off and it's like, okay, and scene. Like when that scene is over, will this man like what he actually sees? Will he like the woman who is really underneath it all? Maybe, maybe not. And now that marriage, that relationship, it can end up having problems all because either you're not who he thought you were or he didn't realize all the other things about you because you made sure to hide those things. And what ends up happening in these situations is this is when marriages end up dealing with infidelity, unhappiness, or God forbid, even divorce. I've seen it happen too many times. I remember I dated a guy and he went through this with two wives. He has an, a divorce and an annulment. And I remember like he was scarred and broken even at the age of 45 because two different times, and you know, we would talk about these things, he was always very open and honest about all of it. And he would let me know, like, no, like with, you know, my children's mother, you know, this is how she was in the beginning and da-da-da-da-da. And I know I wanted to make her wife and we got married, you know, she got pregnant, da-da-da-da-da. And he was just, he didn't know who the heck she became. Like all the things that she was talking about and yeah, even doing while a girlfriend, sex, cooking, cleaning, but it's like once she got married and especially, you know, once it was like, okay, boom, like I already got you now, I already got two of your kids at this point. He's like, everything just stopped. And, you know, of course, now we know, you know, postpartum depression or just sometimes raising children in general. Yeah, things are going to change. But he was like, no, she became a completely different person. And that he knows it was one of those like, yeah, she was auditioning in the beginning because he was a good catch. He still is a good catch. And she knew that and it was like, okay, let me do whatever I got to do to get this man. And then he mentioned with the second wife, she exaggerated her great qualities because there was something, a deeper issue that she had going on that he knew nothing about. She had a really bad drug problem. And no, the drug problem did not come after the marriage. It was there before. She was just able to hide it. And he got an annulment from that woman. So when he and I were dating, like I said, at the age of 45, he was scarred, broken. He was afraid to get hurt again. He was like, look, I already got two wives under my belt at this point. He's like, and right now he's like, you are absolutely amazing. He's like, but now I'm afraid. He's like, because God forbid, you know, you and I, we get married. And once again, I'm dealing with someone who wasn't really who they were in the beginning. And that caused issues with he and I, because of course, for me, it's like, I was ready to settle down and move forward, but he was so afraid of getting hurt again. And it's like, he's somebody, he wanted love so badly, but he was afraid. I know many men like this actually. 
And I even hear many men say she wasn't like this in the beginning. I don't know where any of this came from. You know, men are not as, I hate to say it, they're not doing their homework the way that we're doing. They're not screening and paying attention a lot of times to the things that we pay attention to. So I see how a lot of them get so easily bamboozled. But I'm not talking about them and I'm talking about you. I want to ensure that you get to the point of not auditioning in any way because it's not fair to you and it's not fair to your future partner and your future husband at all. And again, I was somebody who I did the most auditioning. I was always, again, bragging about certain things and even doing certain things. And yes, sex included, cooking included, including their children and, you know, plans and whatever else the case might be, because I wanted them to see how awesome I was. I wanted them to realize I was wife material. I wanted them to just feel like, okay, I already know that this is the woman that I'm supposed to be with. But I was broken and I was doing all of those things from a broken place. I was not healed at all. I had severe abandonment issues. I had a lot of wounds. I didn't have scars. I had wounds and I was bleeding on other men. And then of course the cycle continues, hurt people, hurt people. So just say no to auditioning. Number six, you're in the way by not having boundaries. You're in the way by not having boundaries. When I have ladies who come to me, they're heartbroken, they're, you know, they're hurt, they went through whatever and because a man did this or things ended because of this or whatever else. And of course, for me, I'm like, well, how did you even let it get to that point? How did that even happen? How did that man even have that type of access to you? Like, what did he, like, huh? You have to have boundaries. Many of you really don't know what you want. And I don't say that to be whatever, because again, I was there, but I come across a lot of women. The only thing that they know is that they're sick of what the dating scene is like today and they're ready to settle down. A lot of them, all they know is that they want a husband. And like I said in the other podcast, I don't hear too many women actually saying, no, like I want to be a wife. I hear a lot of women talking about how they want a husband. A lot of women do not know what they want. Or I realize that for a small group of you, you know, but a lot of times you settle out of frustration. You know that sex isn't an option, but you give in just in case he leaves. You know you want a Christian, but you settle just in case he ends up believing. You know financial stability is important, but you give him a chance in case his situation changes. You know that you do or don't want kids, but it's like, okay, well, I'm going to date him just because, you know, I'm not getting any younger and who knows. No, we're not doing that anymore. I need you to know what you want and I need you to also have boundaries. In New Heart Academy, one of the things that we do is we map out your ideal relationship. Like literally, I have my students in New Heart Academy, you write the entire vision of it all who you are, the kind of man that would actually fit who you are, what you want that relationship to look like, everything. And from there, we create your boundaries. But the thing is, it only works if you actually stick to them. You have to make sure that you even disclose that those are boundaries because a boundary is one thing, but until you actually let men know that, then it's just something that you have in your head. It has to be an expressed boundary, something that you actually can communicate and let a man know, like, I'm not dealing with this, or no, that is what's not going to happen, or no, I am not in agreement with X, Y, Z. But you have to have boundaries, and you have to stick to them, and you have to force the men that you date to do the same. So what are your boundaries? I need that to be something that you're very clear on. How do you feel when it comes to sex, physical intimacy, 
home visits, phone calls after a certain time. Like what are your digital boundaries as far as texting after a certain time, being friends on social media or posting each other on social media, whatever the case might be. What are things that are just no-nos for you? What are your financial boundaries? No, this is how I feel when it comes to dating in a relationship. This is how I am even when it comes to finances. You have to know all of these things about boundaries. And let me just go back to the whole sex part because again, I know for the majority of us, you know, as far as being Christian women, sex is a boundary that a lot of people do have. Okay, then again, you have to know then what are you, what is allowed? What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? What is that boundary going to be? The dude I was just talking about that's been divorced twice, we had actually, you know, when we started dating, that was at like right around the time when I was just like, okay, I want to be abstinent. I can do this. I'm going to give it a try. And I had went a while and then I ended up giving in to him. Again, I knew that sex wasn't an option, but I gave in just in case. I didn't want to lose him. I knew he was a great man. He didn't do anything to earn my body. But again, that's what stupidity and fear of abandonment will actually end up doing to you. So we ended up having sex. But that's about all we did, even though feelings were there. But after I was like, no, like I want to be taken on a date. I want to know like, what are we doing? Because again, my emotional drivers, control and security. I need to know like, what is the outcome going to be? What is the end game? I need to feel secure in this relationship. And if I can, you know, do a little, you know, I say TMI, I'm not about to go like deep into anything, but I realized that even when it came to sex with him, and yes, this is the one who in the Boaz book, I refer to as seafood sex. And in the Sash tribe and my group on Facebook, I'm all, I would always talk about, you know, just being honest that he was the best sex that I had ever had. They always say that happens with your most toxic relationship a lot of times. But I realized that even with as good as the sex was, there was a part of me that still never really fully let loose when it came to him. Because again, that control and security thing is a big thing for me. So it's like, yeah, even though I gave in and had sex with him, if I am not entirely secure in that relationship or with what we're doing, there are certain parts of me that you're just not going to get. And he'd even made the comment to me before that he could just tell and he just knew and had a feeling that I was holding back and that the sex could have been like even that much more better. <laughs> but because again, I, we were not in a committed relationship. And like I said, there was no date, dating actually, like no actual dates. And yeah, we had great conversation the whole nine. So yeah, feelings were there. And you know, of course, once I did, eventually I, you know, cut everything off and he returned wanting us to try an actual relationship. And of course, at that point I was like, well, I'm actually abstinent. So that's not going to happen. Sex was important to him, but it was a non-factor for me. And he knew this. He still kept trying so that was enough for me to realize, okay, done. Cause he did not respect my boundaries at all. And there were ways that I played into that. Again, I had already, you know, done things that were not supposed to be done. And even once I did become abstinent, I would kind of go back and forth, you know, and playing little games and allowing things to sometimes go too far. I had to finally cut him off. I was like, okay, for my own sake, because at this point I am not strong enough and he's not respecting my boundaries. He got to go. So dating isn't working for some of you because you have no boundaries, which is hard because you have no vision. You have no vision and you don't even know what your ideal relationship wants to look like. So it's hard. And this is why I see a lot of people, as I always say, 
you know, wandering aimlessly and just dating aimlessly because it's like you don't even know what you want and what you want the relationship to look like, what the boundaries are going to be. And then you get frustrated because things are going a certain way, but you never really took the time to think about any of those things. That is literally class five of New Heart Academy, okay? And now, number five, you're in your way because you lack a PSP list. You lack a PSP list. This is another thing that I do with clients. I make them create a PSP list, and that stands for preferences, standards, and potential. Preferences, standards, and potential. I would have you list all the qualities and the things that you want in your ideal mate. Like, think about the things that you want in a man, right? And then you have to put them in their proper place. Preferences, those are the things that are superficial and they should be flexible. I realize some of these lists are just too long and this is how a lot of ladies are getting in their way as well because they're just asking for too much and doing the most. And it's like, okay, so you're saying because you're, you're waiting on perfection at the end of the day, right? But preferences should be a little bit flexible when it comes to like their appearance, complexion, size, how much money, like whatever the case is like, you know, I prefer a man who's da 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 da. But hey, if I meet a good man who's da da, and I can tell he's a godly man and has great character, then I can roll with that. So preferences should be flexible at the end of the day. And then standards, those are the does that you should be led by. Like there should be like those certain things where it's like, if he does not meet those standards, he doesn't even get your number. He doesn't even get a second date, like none of that. Like for me, I knew that my main things, especially when I was like in my season of actively dating, he had to be a Christian. I was like, I need you to believe in God and Jesus. I need you to believe that Jesus is the son of God. I need him to be financially stable with goals. I don't really have like a, a number in mind, but it's like, I need to know like, <coughs> like, can you at least afford to date me? Are you at least able to maintain your household? Like, are you just out here struggling financially? Because again, you know, knowing that I don't, plan on being anyone's girlfriend or whatever for years. So if we're talking about settling down, I know what I believe as far as gender roles and finances within a household. So I had to pay attention, like, will this man be able to run and lead a household at the end of the day? So he had to be financially stable and with goals. Like, do you even want more out of life? And they had to be intelligent. Like, I, I like to talk a lot. I like to talk about everything, right? are you able to at least hold a, a conversation? Like compatible intelligence is something that is important to me. Previously, the standard for me as well was they had to be open to having more children. Now, I don't even want no more. So <laughs> I don't even have to worry about that. Um, I would never date men. You know, they had a vasectomy. They were adamant that they didn't want any more kids or whatever else the case might be. But now say so the children's part, that's gone out the window. Obviously, it was just making sure they understand like, hey, well, I have two minors. So that's that. But yeah, I would not even give a man a chance if they did not meet all of those things. So those should be the standards. Well, those are my standards. You have to know what your standards are and those things that are the duh factors where they can't even pass go if they don't meet those things. And then the other P is potential. <laughs> well, as long as he has potential, I get so sick of hearing that. Potential, potential, potential. Understand this, potential is defined as having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Did you catch that? Potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. 
That means that it is a current unrealized ability, which isn't bad, okay? That's not bad at all. The issue is when I see a lot of you get led astray by lust, fantasy, and infatuation, all because you saw the potential. No, you didn't see potential. You saw what you wanted to see. And then this is why like five years later, some women, they're frustrated because the man, he is not working towards any of his goals or he never started that business or he never got out of debt or, you know, never even committed, never even proposed, never got his life together, never did all of these things that he was talking about or taking the trips or the things that y'all, you know, said that y'all were going to do together. You have to know that something that you desire in a man may never happen. Then what? I always tell ladies, you have to look at where a man is right now. Take them for who they are right now and realize if this person never changes, can I be with him for the rest of my life? It's really that simple. Because if not, and you keep on dating him, that means you're dating him for potential. And again, I'm not saying it's bad, but you have to mentally have a clock to say like, okay, I'm going to give it this amount of time. And you don't have to tell them because I don't, you don't have to do the whole threats and ultimatums, but it's in your mind saying, okay, you know what? He said that he's working on this. I think this is more than a reasonable amount of time. And, you know, we got to work with them because men are a little bit slower than us and they get sidetracked. And not only that, but men are singularly focused. They focus on one thing at a time. So whatever it is that matters to you, you have to be reasonable and give a reasonable amount of time for a man and say, you know what? If this does not change in X amount of time, I know that I can't deal with this anymore. Take that man for who they are and where they are right now. Pay attention, ladies. Pay attention to their ambition, their conversations. Yeah, dreams are nice. Goals are better. But what plan do they have? They have to have a plan to even help them achieve their goals. Because otherwise, a goal without a plan, it is nothing but a dream. Pay attention to what that man values. What is he working on? Where does the majority of his time go? Because that means that is his core value and that is something that is important to him. I'm sure some of you or most of you probably saw that movie that came out several years ago. What was it called? Um, Acrimony with Taraji Henson. I love that movie. And I love always seeing the debates about who was right and who was wrong in that movie, right? And leave it to me, but it's like, I'm kind of like team on the dude side because she saw what she was getting herself into. She's Taraji saw what was going on, like he, you know, financially and whatever else. And she did things for him as a woman, you know, and again, we are helpmates, right? So we are to help. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you come across, you know, a man who's financially, whatever, that automatically you should give him a chance, but that it goes back to potential. You saw that he had the potential. He was actually working on it. And it's like, we can even get a lesson in out of that, like even just in Christianity alone, right? Like think about how many people that God blessed because they waited, they kept on trying. They were faithful in their waiting and they did not give up. And it's like right the moment that Taraji got sick and tired of everything, he actually had his breakthrough. And then here she comes back around like, okay, well we can be together now. And it, losing her mom and he wanted her all along 
I'd love for somebody to debate me on that. I, I love having those kind of conversations. So if anyone disagrees with me about that, let's talk about it all the way, okay? But just be mindful when it comes to potential. Make sure that you have an actual PSP list. When you think about everything that matters to you in a man and the kind of man that you want to date and the kind of man that you want to meet, just whatever you have on that list, make sure you have everything in their proper categories for preference, standard, potential. Number four, you're in your way by not knowing your purpose. I am sick of seeing ladies who are waiting around for a man or they're tired of being single or they're experiencing all of these, you know, the loneliness and whatever else, which again, we know that loneliness is just sadness about being single, but they're going through all of these things, but it's like, they don't even know their purpose. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They have not discovered their calling. They don't know their spiritual gifts, nothing. The purpose comes before the person. Adam had a purpose before Eve was created. Eve was created for a purpose, right? What are you called to do? What are you called to do? What has God placed in your heart? What has he placed in your hands? Some of you have been sitting on books, ministries, nonprofits, businesses, going for that promotion, whatever the case might be. Just sitting on it, allowing fear to get in the way. But then, but you're putting all of your attention into online dating and everything else. You're in your way by not knowing your purpose. You think God, yes, he cares about your desires and whatever else, but it's almost like, but if you know that there's something he's placed in your heart in your hands and you're not cultivating it, you're being disobedient. That's just what it all boils down to. And this is why when I started doing coaching, I got my life coaching certification first, then I think I did the relationship coaching, then I did dating coaching. And then as I started working with ladies, I realized how many ladies were flooding to me because they were sick of being single. Yeah, we would work through that, work through their issues, help them date, help them get a man, help them heal, all of the good stuff. But then I was realizing a lot of these women, they have just been sitting there and sitting on these ideas, these ideas that could drastically change their financial situation. And no, it's not just about your finances, but it's like they were being disobedient. And that's when I ended up creating Kingdom Launch, which is my six month startup business coaching program. Because it was realizing like, hey, like you... What, why aren't you working on that book? And it's like, then we would realize, they were like, oh, well, I don't know where to start. So I ended up creating a whole six month program. So it's like many ladies would graduate and come out of my healing or my dating program and then go right into kingdom launch. And it's amazing. I love seeing it now when I see my ladies who are running these successful thriving businesses because they finally got out of their own way even when it came to that. So I want to ensure that you are doing your part in walking in your purpose, knowing your purpose. I discovered my purpose within the last six years. Now I knew what my plan was, but it wasn't my purpose. And I know now author, minister, speaker, and coach. Prior to the past six years, guys before, they didn't fit where God was taking me. They fit for that season, but they didn't fit where God was taking me. And again, I didn't know my purpose anyway, so it didn't matter. As I started to realize what God had actually put inside of me and what he was calling me to do, I knew that I needed a man who was going to meet me where I was so that there were no surprises later. I didn't want to ever hear a man, you know, say, oh, I didn't know I was going to marry a minister. I didn't know I was going to be with someone who's going to be speaking or someone who's going to be, you know, always doing podcasts and videos and classes and whatever else. And 
And I had one guy tell me, he's like, okay, I want to be with you. I finally accepted the fact that you're a pastor. You finally accepted, what? No, you're not it. I had one man who was initially impressed with the fact that I was a relationship coach and so knowledgeable until he realized that that was going to also mean that I was going to date better and care about the health of our relationship. And then after all, he just started to get annoyed with everything. I was like, nope, you don't fit either. And not to mention, he started off as a Christian, but then he just had all of these issues and, and wanted to take me to Africa so I could see the truth about all of these different things. I was like, nope. So it's like once I finally you know, healed and got to where I needed to be and really got on a better path and everything and really started boldly walking in my purpose saying, hey, this is who I am. I love it. And somebody's going to have to accept this. And that's just that. And now <laughs> my honey bun, he knows exactly what I do. And he loves everything about me. He accepts it. He supports me. He wants to know how he can help. Sometimes he'll end up, hey, sweetie, you know, somebody was asking me about that. Da, 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 can I give them your number? Which number you want me to like? And I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And you should want that to be your goal, too. I need you to start thinking about your purpose and ensure that you're walking in it. Number three, you're in your way by lacking self-love. You see, as we kind of get closer to number one, we're getting down to the nitty gritty, the real stuff. I need you to not lack self-love. This is a biggie. And with coaching, I do it from that 3D perspective, dwelling in God's love, developing self-love so that you can discover real love. Love is what we all want. But I realize that too many of you, you want others to give you what you don't have for yourself. And that is dangerous. I've been there. I was desperate for love from men and it's why I allowed certain things. It is why I dealt with certain things. It's why I had no boundaries. It's why even sometimes my standards, I let go out the window. And I was like, a lot of times, yeah, I was getting something like they love me a little, right? Like wrong. I was a whole hot mess because I did not love myself. I did not truly have the embodiment of self-love. You have to love yourself, sis. Otherwise, you can't expect anyone else to, nor... Will you be able to love anyone else properly? Makes me think about when the religious leaders tried tripping Jesus up by asking him what the greatest commandment was. And he was like, I'll tell you what it is. He said, it's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And the second is equally as important, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's hard for you to love anybody else if you don't even love yourself. It's hard for you to do either one of those things if you don't love God wholeheartedly. That's why I start with dwelling in God's love. Self-love deficit disorder is a real thing and it leads to bad decisions. It means that you also have low self-esteem. This is when the ladies, this is ladies who suffer from self-love deficit disorder and that have low self-esteem, these are the ones who are in these God-awful toxic situationships or allowing exes to keep coming back, or they're dating down the whole night. No, you can't be out here dating without loving yourself. And y'all know I always talk about the real self-love is in five phases. Your financial health, your social circle, your physical health, your mental status, your mental health, and, I'm sorry, and also your emotional stability. I need you to think about how you are with all of those things. The people that have access to you, your money, your emotions, your mental health, and your temple. Get those things in order. Number two, you're in your way by not knowing who you are. You're in your way by not knowing who you are. My question to you is, who are you? 
a core identity exercise that many of my clients have had to go through, but who are you? Like self-awareness has to be possessed. I need you to know really who you are to the core. And this is important because if you don't know who you are, then that means others will tell you who you are. And if you're out here dating, that's dangerous because a controlling man or a man who's looking for someone to mold or fit with, you know, his lifestyle, that means that you're going to become exactly the kind of woman that he wants you to be. And he's, you're going to do all of these things because you love him and you want to please him and whatever else. No, a man that sees you're unsure and it's a man that knows that you have low self-esteem, he will make you out to be whom he wants you to be. You will become everything he wants in a woman and that might not even be you. God forbid you end up wasting a, a year or two with this man or even getting married or something like that. What happens if one day you wake up and you finally have an epiphany? Are you going to change and risk the relationship or are you going to stay to make him happy? What's going to happen? And these are real life situations that people have gone through, but I'm trying to avoid all of this for you. I always say I'm that dating coach that goes through on the back end. It's like I date, I date. I work with marriage-minded Christian women to help them date successfully so that they can get married. But we want marriages that last, right? We want God-ordained connections and relationships. Okay, so that means we need to think, okay, well, what are some of the reasons that marriages are failing, ending, the whole nine? So my process is, okay, well, let's work backwards to ensure that that does not happen for my clients. Which would you rather, knowing yourself and being you and having someone accept you for who you are or not knowing yourself and letting a man tell you who to be as long as it means that you're not single? God, I pray you pick the first option. You have to have some of that self-awareness. We go through all of that in New Heart Academy as well. You need to know everything about you so that you can show up authentically in dating ships. That means also knowing your purpose, knowing what you want, knowing who you are, knowing the kind of men to date and the kind of men to stay away from. That means you won't be auditioning. That means that you can even acknowledge like, yeah, this is my strength and this is my weakness. This is something that I'm working on. You can be authentic and real and genuine about all of those things. And that means you're also gonna show up confidently because you can say, hey, I'm confident in who I am. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but this is me, baby. <laughs> Confidence is key, which can only happen with self-awareness and self-acceptance. And let's go ahead and close this thing out. Number one, you are in your way by losing sight of God. There are a lot of believers, but not enough Christ followers. I see too many people, I see too many women that want the man more than they want God. They desire the husband from God more than desiring God himself. You have to remember and know that anything that you put before God is an idol and you should expect it to fail. He's a jealous God. He allowed one of my relationships to crash and burn because I began idolizing that man almost. Truth be told. Matthew 6.33 is clear. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. And then it says, live righteously. You have to live like you're putting him first, which means being obedient, having good self-esteem. It means you have to see yourself through the lens of God, meaning you have self-love. means walking in purpose, being obedient, 
right? That is all of those things fall under living righteously. Then you will receive all that you need. Many things will be added unto you. God wants to bless you. God has great things in store for you. Yes, God also cares about your love life. If it matters to you, you have to know that it matters to God. And not only does he want to ensure that you're not wanting the promise more than the promise maker, but again, God is also paying attention to the way that you date. He's also thinking about those TWA seeds. He's looking at your thoughts. He's looking at your words. He's paying attention to your actions. You have to seek him first and live righteously. You cannot lose sight of God at the end of the day. While many women are going to be and remain single, and those are just the facts because yes, I mean, some don't desire to get married and some just don't care about it that much and you know, whatever else the case might be. And let's be real, as I talk about as well, black women, we are not doing that great in the romance department. Like what is it? 20% of women, 20% of black women are never going to get married. And of that 20%, a large majority of them, they want to get married. That is the crazy part. While many are going to remain single, what I do know is that for those that have a desire, it is typically because God placed that desire there. It's just that a lot of us, we our, our motives are all over the place and we just, we're acting out in different reasons. We're desiring something for the wrong reasons because we have not allowed God to change us within and, you know, create different and, and newness inside of us. The question is, which route are you going to take to get what it is you want? You can do it your way and fail miserably, encountering no good men, settling instead of sitting this season out, meaning that you're going to get more and more frustrated and you're just going to waste time or you can trust God and take the necessary steps in order to get to where you want to be. What are you going to do? I love Isaiah 60, 22. It says at the right time, I, the Lord will make it happen. And Ephesians 3, 20, where it says he can do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. The question is, do you trust him? And can you commit to putting him first above all else? That doesn't mean putting your desire for a relationship on the back burner. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't want it at all or don't focus on it, but you can't want a man more than you want God. You can't put more effort and energy into dating and online dating than you do at least trying to, you know, stay connected to him via prayer and worship and praise and, you know, church, reading your Bible, whatever the case might be. Do you trust him? Do you love him? Do you want him? You know, when it comes to new thing life coaching, I chose the key scripture for a reason. Isaiah 43, 19. And it says, of course, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Like, and some of you are unable to see that new thing that God is trying to do in your life because of baggage, your past, your parents, toxic relationships, bad habits, exes, acting out of desperation, the whole nine. God is doing a new thing in your life. And the thing is right before that in verse 18, I love it. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. 
And the funny thing is, is that really when you look at that entire passage, even in verse 18, he's talking about the good things. He's saying, remember when I did this for you and did that and did that, the way I covered you and blessed you before? Forget all of that. Do not dwell on any of the things that I did for you in the past and the way that I sustained you in the past. I want to do something completely new for you. He wants to do a new thing in your life. Are you going to get out of your own way and allow him to do it? And let me tell you something. I don't speak on nothing that I haven't experienced. Every single thing that I had in here, all 10 of these, I had an issue with. Each and every one of them, all 10. Literally, they were me at some point. I was a hot mess in these dating streets. I've said that time and time again, a hot, hot mess, okay? I had to do the work, simple as that. I had to do the work, but I finally got out of my way to win at love. And now I'm winning, it's awesome. He fine, I love him. And I love having someone that I can talk about all of my dreams, my goals, my fears. I can be silly, I can be goofy, I can be myself. I don't have to hide anything. I don't have to boast about my strengths. I don't have to hide my weaknesses. Someone who loves and cares about me, someone who loves God, someone who loves my children, someone who has been there for me already in some of the toughest times of my life. A love that I don't have to work for. <laughs> I don't have to strive for, I don't have to audition, I don't have to prove anything because I finally got out of my way. I'm finally winning and it feels absolutely amazing. It feels absolutely amazing to be winning. I want you to win too and know that I'm here for you, but you have to show up. You gotta show up. You gotta show up, but in order to show up first, you've gotta get out of your own way. Coach V is a certified life, dating, and relationship coach. She's also a speaker, author, and the founder, creator, and teacher at New Heart Academy. And she's here to help you win. God wants you to win too, but you must renew your heart. Connect at www.NewThingLifeCoaching.com to start your transformation process. But first, subscribe to the Freedom Reigns podcast on your favorite platform so you know about brand new episodes.